This month we've been talking about destiny opportunity. And I want you to know that destiny opportunity comes from God himself because it's God who gives us those opportunities to be able to advance the kingdom of God. And this evening we want to talk about opportunity to proclaim the gospel. I want to read Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith. Paul was very clear about this gospel and we should not forget the clarity of proclaiming the gospel. And God has given us amazing opportunities to proclaim this gospel. You know, sometimes people wait for opportunities to come. And they say, when the right time comes, I will share this gospel. I will proclaim this gospel. But I want you to know, if an opportunity doesn't come, create the opportunity. I want to read this passage from John chapter 4, verse 35. And hear what Jesus said. John chapter 4, verse 35. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Then verse 36, he says, Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. And so we must look for opportunities. If they don't show up, create them. And there are many ways to create those opportunities. Jesus created those opportunities. In John chapter 3, he had an opportunity to talk to Nicodemus in a private way. In John chapter 4, Jesus created the opportunity to go through Samaria and was able to speak to the Samaritan woman. In John chapter 5, Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, where he found a lot of people who were sick, and in the process was able to engage one particular person. In John chapter 6, Jesus used the opportunity where there were so many people who were hungry, and Jesus had an opportunity to feed them. And in feeding them, he was able to share the gospel of the kingdom. Not only to share, but also to demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom. In John chapter 7, he used a feast and talked about the waters of living, the, the rivers of living water. John chapter 8, Jesus used a situation where a woman was caught in an act of adultery. And Jesus was able to use that platform 
to again reveal who he was. And at that time he said, I'm the light of the world. John chapter 9, Jesus uses an opportunity where he found a blind man. And he was able to open his eyes. But again, he used that opportunity to demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel? The word gospel simply means good news. And I want to say this. We have good news. We have the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. But it's not just good news. It is the good news of the kingdom. And so Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of this kingdom. Because this kingdom is an amazing kingdom. This kingdom has a king. This kingdom has a culture. This kingdom has a territory. This kingdom has provision. It is an amazing kingdom. And so when you talk about opportunity to proclaim the gospel, we are talking about the good news of the kingdom. So three things that I want to bring to our attention. Number one, the blessing. And number two, the power. And number three, the reward. The blessing, the power, and the reward. Talking about the blessing of proclaiming the kingdom of God. This blessing is found in John 3.16. In John 3.16, like I said earlier, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. And Jesus began from verse 3 when he said to Nicodemus, that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Because Nicodemus was asking him, Lord, there is nobody like you. There is no one who is speaking the things you are talking about. And Jesus said, hey, Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then much later in verse 16, he then tells Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What Jesus was saying is that this kingdom of God comes with a blessing. And the blessing is the love of the kingdom. This kingdom communicates the love of God. Talks about reconciliation. Talks about justice. Right now, many people, all they know about is condemnation. They know that they have sinned, they have fallen short of the glory of God. And sometimes they don't think this gospel is a good news gospel. But yes, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, the Bible says that we have been pushed away from God. The wages of sin is death. That's, that's, those are realities. But the good news is that God has done something about that. God has done something about your guilt. God has done something about your condemnation. God has done something about the wrong things that you have done. And so God says, I have loved the world. And in loving the world, I sent my only begotten son. You see, this kingdom is about love. This kingdom is about a God who cares about you, who loves you. When Jesus tried to illustrate the love of the kingdom, he talked about the story of the prodigal son. And he said that there was this son who took his share and left the father's house 
and went away and wasted it. Did everything. And at last, he had wasted everything. He was in trouble. He was challenged. And then he remembered his father's household. He remembered the servants and how they were taken care of in such a loving way. And he decided, well, I may not qualify to be a son, but I can qualify to be a servant because all I need is to go back into my father's house and just even eat what the servants eat. And he was drawn by remembering the love of God, remembering the love of his father. And so he went back to his father's house, knowing that the father could do anything to him. What he didn't realize is that the father had been waiting for a long time for him to show up. And I want to tell you this, no matter where you are, the father is waiting for you. The father cares about you. The father loves you. The father understands that you need help and he has come to engage you. God loves you. God cares about you. And so the father had been waiting and then suddenly he saw a son coming. And the Bible says he ran towards that son. He hugged him. He said, remove these rugged clothes. He said, wash him up, clean him up, give him a new robe, put a ring on him, put sandals on his feet. This was a demonstration of the love of God. And so as we proclaim this gospel of the kingdom, we are saying it is an op it's an opportunity to share the love of God. Many people are waiting and hungering for this love. And so we are saying, hey, the kingdom of God comes with love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. But secondly, it's not just a blessing and the fact that God loves us. Secondly, it talks about the power. This is what Paul says one more time. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And then he says, for it is the power of God to salvation. Power of God to salvation. In other words, he was saying, this gospel has power to release God's gift of salvation. There is a gift that has been given. There is a gift to be received. You see, Jesus came to save us. The kingdom brings change. You see, when we fell short of the glory of God, we fell out of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness. And so that the enemy, the devil, has had a hold of us for years. When Jesus came, he came not only to love us and care for us, he came to actually redeem us, take, away, take us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That is called salvation. He came to rescue us. He came to redeem us. He came to change our location from sin to righteousness, from darkness to light, from being condemned to being forgiven forever. Now that is salvation. No wonder Jesus is called the Savior of the world. And so Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It has power to relocate you. It has power to change you. It has power to move you from one place to another. And then he says, especially not just to those who hear about this gospel, but to those who believe it. When you believe this gospel, something happens. 
something changes. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe with our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with our heart we believe, with our mouth we confess and confirm our salvation. You see, the kingdom of God is not about being religious. It's not about going to church on Sunday. It's not going to a prayer meeting on Wednesday. It's not doing this and that. The kingdom of God is a rescue mission. It is relocating you from darkness into light. This is the opportunity we have to share with our world, <clears throat> to share with our families, to share with our relatives, an opportunity to tell them the gospel is here. The good news is here. Who else will tell them but you and me? The gospel has power to shift you from one place to another. But thirdly, not only do we have a gospel that says that God loves us, not only do we have a gospel that has power to relocate us in salvation, we have a gospel that comes with a reward. Let me read Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This gospel comes with a reward. Like I said earlier, the wages of sin bring death. But the gift of God brings us righteousness. Let me read these verses from Romans chapter 5. From around verse 13. Let me read those verses. Because it talks about this gift of righteousness that has been given to us. Uh, let me pick it from verse 15. Let me pick it from verse 15 and then I'll read 16 and 17. It says, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Now look at verse 17. He says, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. This gospel comes with it a righteousness. You know, the world religions, they talk about being righteous so that you can be pleasing to God. But the kingdom of God is about you come to God the way you are and God will give you the gift of righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5, this is what Paul says. Let me read from verse 17. The Bible says this, Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation 
has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Verse 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And then verse 20. We are there for Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I love verse 21, which says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the opportunity we have to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Number one, to believe that God loves us. Number two, to receive the power of salvation. And number three, to receive the reward of righteousness. I don't know if you have had time to share this gospel with your neighbor, with a stranger, with a friend. You may not put it exactly the way I've said it. But you can share it from your point of view. But again, simply proclaim, for God so loved the world. And declare that God's power gives us salvation. And God's reward is righteousness. A right standing before God. This is the message of the gospel. The kingdom of God comes with love. The kingdom of God comes with change. The kingdom of God comes with a new lifestyle of righteousness. Have you gotten time to proclaim this gospel? This is the opportunity. This is our destiny opportunity to tell the world of the love of God, of the salvation of God, and of the righteousness of God. In a moment I'll be praying. And maybe as you're listening to me, you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And maybe today you say, Pastor Ambrose, pray for me. I want to receive this Christ into my heart. I want you to know there is not much you can do because Christ did it all. He paid it all. The easy part is for you to receive. The easy part is for you to come to God and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Savior. I thank God that Christ died on the cross for me. My sins were nailed on that cross. I received the salvation of God in Christ Jesus. I declare Jesus as my Lord and my King. I receive the gift of eternal life in Jesus' name. When you pray that simple prayer, the riches of heaven are released to you and salvation becomes your portion. This is the opportunity of proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. May God richly bless you and bless the opportunities that come your way, but also the opportunities you create to share this gospel. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, what a joy to share the gospel of the kingdom. What a joy to say with Paul the Apostle, I am not ashamed 
of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to anyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Lord, I want to thank you for that person who prayed that prayer. And I want to assure them that today salvation has come into your house. And I want to believe that the kingdom will transform you, transform your mind, transform your lifestyle, transform the situations of your life, and you will never be the same again. Father God, I thank you that this month we have talked about destiny opportunities, and you have given us many opportunities to glorify your name. And even in this service, you have given us an opportunity to remind God's people that you love them and you have the gift of salvation for them and a lifestyle of righteousness. So Lord, I say thank you and may you continue to give us even more opportunities to proclaim this gospel. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer because we have prayed in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. I'm glad you joined us in this service and I want to speak a blessing in your life that God will richly, richly, richly bless you and propel you to even greater heights in the mighty name of Jesus. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord do you good. May the Lord bless your coming in and bless your going out. You're rising up and you're sitting down. May you be a blessing wherever you go. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God's people said, Amen. Shalom. <laughs>